that, uh, that that song brings to remembrance for you. Ways that he's acted, that he's been victorious. Some of y'all have come and you're still looking for those things to be done. You're still uh, holding on to hope and assurance. But when you sing that song, you're going, God, I want you to do it again. I need you to do it. And this, in this moment in my life, in this season of my life, in this situation or circumstance in my life. So here's what I would invite you all to do. Just uh, take a couple moments and think about that. If it's a praise that you want to offer up to the Lord, offer that praise to the Lord. If it is a prayer that you're still waiting for him to do it again, bring that prayer. Y'all bow your heads, your hearts, close your eyes and offer these prayers to the Lord and then I'll pray over us this morning. Lord, do you hear the praises of your people? I know in our congregation, Lord, there's family celebrating freedom and recovery from abuse. Lord, I celebrate with them. Uh, Lord, I know that there are families in our church who are still praying for freedom. And they've been praying for a long time. Uh, Lord, I know that some of us Just looking at our lives over this last week, some of us are celebrating that we did not succumb to temptation and we were tried hard. Felt like there was a target on our back every day. And you gave us strength. And we, we emerged victorious and we celebrate your name. Some of us come before you broken, frustrated, because we knew better. And instead of seeing your victorious hand in our life do it again, we did it again. We failed again. 
David, how do we even pray for forgiveness again, God? Are you really going to forgive me 70 times 7? And you're inviting them, you're inviting us to trust in your forgiveness and your grace. Lord, wherever we're at, whether we're celebrating your strong hand at work in our lives, or we're seeking your strong hand at work again, I pray, Lord, you would attend to us. Lord, I pray, I ask that uh, this morning's message would be uh, equipping for us as we strive to look like Jesus in everything that we do, but especially with our words today. We would look like your son. We would act like your son. And in so doing, we would be living witnesses that he is the authority and his way is right. And we trust in it. I pray these things in the mighty, resurrected name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, my friend Roland uh, was... Um, he served in the British Army as a ammunitions technical officer. That means that he could uh, transport, store, and dispose of explosive devices. Um, he not only served in the British Army, uh, he served in the British Army, he served in Germany, and then he was stationed in Scotland. And, uh, and, and, and I've talked to him about this a number of times, like uh, different situations that they would come across and uh, different ways that they would handle it. Sometimes what you would do with, uh, with an explosive device is uh, you would you know, contain it and you would go ahead and explode it, um, which that sounds like the most fun, right? Uh, just getting to see stuff blow up. Um, uh, th there's this other thing that they would do in, and it's basically, it's a, it's high pressured water and, um, and, and you would sidle up next to a, a bomb, right? So if we're just sure that we're talking about an explosive device we're you know, we're not talking about a black cat, right? Or an M80, right? We're talking about, uh, you know, somebody who, who sought to harm other people has, uh, has put together, um, some, uh, destructive device. But uh, you would sidle up next to this bomb, and with this, it was like a, you had to be very precise, and it was high-pressured water that would come out, and you're trying to basically scramble the electric device that would uh, that would defuse the bomb. Does that sound fun for everybody? Sound like something you want to do? You want to get involved in? Anybody seen the movie Hurt Locker? Now remember that movie? It was about uh, 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 an EOD himself, and, and 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 how he would. And it was during the 
you know, Iraq, Afghan war, where he would go and he would have to, he would have to defuse these bombs and put on this big suit. And the movie is, is it, it, there's so much tension in the movie. It's amazing how movies can capture that, isn't it? You know, capture all that tension and you can just feel it. Your, your body, I mean, you know, your skin's tight watching it. Think about that, like these, these explosive devices that need to be taken care of and they have to be handled with care, with extreme care. Last week we said that um, we can be betrayed by our work. We looked at just a simple exhortation from uh, James that a, a lot of us we could just we could just read right through it. It's found in James chapter number four, verse number eleven. It says, "Speak not evil one of another. Speak don't speak evil of each other." So what are we talking about when we're talking about speaking evil? We're talking about gossip, slander. Uh, critical judgment, criticizing other people's choices, decisions that they've made. Uh, just various other ways. So, so sometimes we just call it venting. I just need to vent to you. I just need to tell you what they did. This kind of speech, um, I, I, I would say, is explosive speech. Right? It's, it's like an explosive device. And, and last week, we kind of largely focused on, like, hey, hey, we just need to get our hearts right, and we need, to, we need to think about it this way. Like, listen, Peter, the thing that denied Peter, or, or that gave Peter away, right? The thing that they, they, they finally said, okay, he's not one of his disciples, was whenever Peter was willing to curse Jesus. He went beyond, like, hey, I'm not just one of his disciples. I have, you know, like, just, just staying away from him. But, but, but then Matthew's gospel tells us that Peter cursed him. It doesn't go into detail with what he said, and I'm glad it doesn't, on one hand, because uh, you and I um, probably don't need that in our brain, for one. Um, or you and I would use it as a curse against other people, too. But, but I'm also kind of not glad that we don't know what he said, because, uh, because if you read that and you think in our, in, our, in our context, a lot of people go, oh, he must have just said a bad word. And they're like, well, one of Jesus' disciples wouldn't have said a bad word. And, uh, and, 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 and that, that could possibly be true. But I know a lot of Jesus' disciples who said bad words, right? As a disciple, I've said bad words. But that's not even the heart of what's going on there. Peter has to separate himself from Jesus. And so what does he do? He says, not that guy. That guy's a hack. He's a phony. That guy's not doing God's work. Our imagination needs to go a little bit with that. What, what could he have said? And, and really, our imagination shouldn't go much further than what we've said about other people. What have you said in a spirit of anger and hostility 
about somebody or towards somebody. To separate yourself from them. To make yourself better than them or to protect yourself from the scrutiny of them. So we, we have the supposition, like, listen, like, we do this. We know we do this. And if we think about Peter, we could go, oh, man, Peter did that about Jesus. That's big time. And I would, I would you know, propose to us that Jesus would go, Peter, whenever Peter did it about me, is no different than when you do it about anybody else. Because Jesus didn't have this arrogant, vanity, puffed up mentality that said, I'm better than everybody else. If he did, he would have never died on the cross. He would have said, the cross is beneath me. And those people who are scorning me and shaming me and beating me and hailing false accusations against me, they're beneath me. But Jesus doesn't see anybody as beneath him. In fact, whenever Jesus goes to the cross, Jesus goes to the cross for the very least of these. So, last week, we said, look, supposition is that if it was bad whenever Peter did it for Jesus, and Jesus wouldn't see it any different than whenever you and I do it towards another one, we have to take a close look and really consider James 4.11 as not just some like, hey, yeah, by the way, guys, probably not the best thing. But a real hearty exhortation, like full stop, do not do this. This, this is harmful. This is an explosive device. You have to be very careful when handling how you speak about other people. Are you tracking? Do we follow? And James has already told us the tongue. It can do great good. But it can do great harm. He even said, hey, whoever can control their tongue. That's a complete, that's a whole person. Somebody who can rein in, keep back hurtful words, destructive words, explosive words. Last week we said, okay, that's that. This week, here's what I want to say about practically. Practically, I know this. I know I can tell myself, you're not going to do this. And you can tell yourself, I'm not going to do this. But you are going to sit down with somebody and y'all are going to be having coffee. Or y'all are going to be sharing a meal. And then they're going to bring up a bomb. And they're going to set it on the table. They're going to go, I can't even talk about them right now. Which they want you to go, why can't you talk about them right now? Because I don't have anything good to say about them right now. 
which they want you to say, tell me more. Right? They bring a bomb. They set it down. And you and I are dealt with like this very sensitive situation that we have to handle with care. You know, James says, speak not evil one of another. What do you do whenever somebody else is trying to speak evil of somebody else? Those are, those are super comfortable situations, aren't they? Whenever you're trying to get out of it. No, they're not. In fact, I would say because they are uncomfortable situations, because they have to be handled with such care, that's partly why you and I fall to it, why we get susceptible, why we get drawn in. Because we know that the person speaking, like for one, if they're talking to me, they have a level of trust and love that they have with me, right? And I'm not just talking about like the town gossip, right? Let's, let's not just talk about like, hey, hey, you, you run across somebody and they're trying to demean somebody and you feel very comfortable and you feel very, you know, uh, you know, separated from them that you can speak very easily and say, hey, let's not do that. I'm talking about your friend. I'm talking about your friend and friends with Baptist Church. I'm talking about your friend who loves Jesus, who follows Jesus, who's a disciple of Christ, and y'all are on the same page, y'all have same values, and, and they come to you and they go, hey, listen, I got to tell you this. And I'm going to say what is so hard for us is to know how to <coughs> diffuse that bomb. Now, I'm going to ask you all this. I don't always ask you all this, but do you all agree or disagree with that? Those are the hard situations. Well, don't, don't tell me. Like, let's not talk about like, well, you know, there's this guy at work who nobody likes and he runs his mouth and, I, and I'm real bold with him. I don't, good for you. Let's get real with ourselves and go, it's not the person who I don't care about who trips me up. my brother and sister in Christ. Well, why is it hard? Well, because I know whenever they come to me and they have, they're trying to vent something, something's going on. They've been hurt. They've been offended. They've been taken advantage of. Okay, Brother Dean. Listen, I accept you not knowing how to use that phone. All right. This is a safe space, brother. They've been hurt. They've been offended. They've been taken advantage of. Maybe the other, uh, another person is spreading slander about them. Something like that's going on. And, and what are they looking for? What are they looking for? They want to be seen. They want to be heard. They want to be affirmed. And wouldn't you be mad about this too? And, and you know you're in danger. You're in danger, in danger, in danger. If you go, hey, I'm, I'm not going to talk bad about anybody here. To just be 
another offender on their list. If they're not hurt, if they're not offended, it's not something like that. Uh, they are angry or anxious or afraid. So, like a bomb, you have to handle this with precision and with care. So how do we do it? First and foremost, I don't know. Do you? And whenever I say I don't know, what I'm going to say is, I don't know how to avoid hurting somebody in that situation. I, 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 if somebody's looking for affirmation for their feelings, she's going to throw that phone out the window, buddy. If somebody's looking for affirmation of their feelings and you don't give it to them, it hurts. So whenever I say I don't know how to do it, what I'm going to say is I don't know how we can actually diffuse the bomb without there being any trajectories. So sometimes I think rather than us thinking that we can diffuse the whole bomb, we need to do what, what my friend Roland often did. Put it in a safe space and let it blow up. Containing the damage and the destruction that can happen. So that first, and we'll talk about this a little bit more practically, but I would say, I don't know. And, and then I would say along with that is, I don't know that there is one way. One of my favorite pairs of scripture is Proverbs 26, four and five. Anybody know what Proverbs 26, four and five says? Proverbs 26, four says, do not, Answer a fool according to their folly, or you will be a fool too. Uh, I don't want to misquote it, so. Verse 5 says, Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. So verse 24 says, or verse 4 of chapter number 26 says, don't do it. Don't answer them according to their following. Now, you could think about uh, according to their foolish understanding. Think about whenever the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians, he says, okay, you want me to answer you like a fool? I will do it. 
You are foolishly thinking that if I go around bragging and boasting of myself, then that will actually, that, that, that will prove, like I need to com- commend myself to you. And he says, okay, if we're going to run along that foolish line of understanding, then let me do this. If I'm going to brag and boast, it's not going to be about my accomplishments. It's going to be about my suffering. But he notes, I'm doing this according to your understanding. And what he's hoping is, is that, that, that it, will, it will let them see the error of their way. He's thinking Proverbs 26.5. I'm going to answer them according to their foolish understanding. And then it will reveal to them. It will reveal to them how stupid this line of reasoning is. And we don't know if it worked for them. I hope it did. But we can also think about this. Proverbs is very clear that it's foolish to talk bad about people. So... Do you engage? How do you engage when somebody is talking about other people? Sometimes you need to correct them, speak up, address it. Uh, Sometimes you need to know, ah, don't let that go for a minute. Maybe right now is not the time to address that. I'm not going to add any more fuel to the fire, but I'm going to let this bomb explode, as it were. And let me just say, both of those are going to have some ramifications. If if you know somebody, you love somebody, (laughs) and you've said, hey, listen, I want you to hold me accountable about this, and then you, and, 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 and then they hold you accountable about it. It never feels great in the moment. But think about this: like um, Hebrews tells us, it says, "No suffering in the present is convenient or joyful. Nobody likes it in the moment." So I don't know how we can't. How the bomb can explode a little bit, if you will. And I know that it requires some wisdom. About when to speak. Think about this. Jesus, there was this time whenever Jesus, he's on the road with his disciples. And his disciples, the, you know, the adolescent youths that they are, uh, they are they're, they're back there and, 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 and they're going like, who do you think is going to be the greatest in the kingdom? And they're like, I mean, it makes sense that it would be me, right? (laughs) They're having this very foolish conversation. Very arrogant, very boastful. I I, I, I can't, I just, I can only think about it like with my boys. Like I hear uh, my boys with their friends in the back seat sometimes, and that's exactly how I picture this scenario. Jesus is driving along in the front seat, right? And they are just, there is just some stupid, very, very arrogant, uh, very naive banter going on in the back seat. 
And here's what I, I, here's what I think. Jesus doesn't go, y'all stop that right now. I know none of y'all's parents ever did that, but I had faith in Rick Austin in the front seat of our car. And my dad could be patient until he wasn't. And my mom, she liked to drive like this. She would put the visor down and flip up the mirror, and all you would see is, I mean, she would give you this look like, like, I see exactly what you're doing, and you better stop it. I mean, this eyebrow, I don't know how high it can get up there. It just got up there. And it was like, you better stop this right now. Here's what I Jesus didn't do that then. He lets them have this stupid conversation. He lets them, oh, yeah, no, I think it's me. I think it's me. You know, whether they were ribbing each other or they were getting really offended. I mean, you know, whenever James and John's mother came uh, to Jesus and she said, hey, can my boy sit at your right hand and your left hand? And, and Jesus doesn't like really give this like full solid no. Like the other disciples are like, oh, I wanted to sit at his right hand. Like, I mean, they're mad. They are upset about this. And, 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 and sometimes stupid, foolish conversations can really deeply affect us and and. We wish we were better, but we're not. We're just that way, right? That's, that's who, how we were made uh, is to be affected by these things. And so, so here's all that to say is, is he doesn't say anything in the moment. And they get to where they're going. And they're sitting down. And he goes, hey, guys, what was that argument y'all were? having that dispute y'all were having when we were traveling here i imagine their tw- their tongues got really swollen right then so here are some guidelines that i've kind of thought about well first of all let me just say this there's choices. I, I, I did some study on this, and everybody says about the same things. There's, there's choices that you have whenever you are, whenever a bomb is set in front of you, and it's like, okay, how, are, how am I, how am I going to contain this thing? There's choices that you have. One is that you just don't say anything, right? I mean, the choice number one is I'm not going to feed this fire. But you have to be really careful because, because you might not say anything, but you might go, and nonverbal Communication is communication. Uh, we were sitting down one time, uh, Brittany and I. I was uh, we we're doing a pre-op appointment, and the lady uh, behind the the counter was very unprofessional. Uh, she was having this conversation with us uh, about the military, and um, and there was a whole bunch of like, like she was suggesting a whole lot of like terrible things about um, about this commanding officer of her son. You know, um, partly. Uh, I, I'm not even, she was just suggesting a whole lot of terrible things, and she kept going, you know, you know, you know, and we were like, when somebody says you know, after they've said a terrible thing, and you're going, like, and if you're not careful, you go, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, uh-huh, and you're, you're just like, I'm, I'm speechless, I'm not trying to give into the conversation, but I, I don't want to keep it going, but it was like, she's going, you know, and I walked out, and I said, Brittany, how many terrible things did we just agree to? <laughs> like, she just put us in this place to where it's like, you know what I'm saying? You, they make me so mad whenever they do this. They always do this, you know?
So you could say nothing. And sometimes people don't give you that option because they invite you to agree or disagree. You can address it honestly. You could say, hey, listen, I hear that you are feeling hurt, offended. And I understand that this person has caused that. And I don't think that the healthiest thing for you to do is to talk to me about it. Now, how many of y'all just sitting there right now go, and I wish people would do that with me whenever I'm doing that. Because if somebody would just do that with me, that would be so good. I, I would answer to that really well. You know, I'm not asking for a show of hands, but kind of would like a show. No, no I'm just joking. How, how many of y'all, I, I just feel like when we hear that, we're like, that's a good, mature way to handle that. And if somebody did that with me, I would accept that. Let's not think so well of ourselves all the time. Because put yourself in the actual situation where you are truly, deeply hurt, offended, angry, anxious, whatever. And even if somebody says, hey, I hear what you're saying. I know what's going on. It's going to come across as judgment. It's passive judgment at the best. Like you're still doing wrong. And all I want to say is. That might be the road that the Holy Spirit tells you to take with that brother or sister, but don't expect, I, I'm going to do this, and brother or sister is going to receive it and go, you're right. What was I thinking? Silly goose. <laughs> I should have I known better. They might go, well, oh, cool, because you've never talked about anybody. Y'all ever have that happen to you? And you're going, but Jesus, I did what you you told me to do. And Jesus is going, I didn't say that you weren't going to get any collateral damage. <laughs> like, it's like I, I don't know if you thought that this was going to go perfect. But if you do this, it might. Only under the best scenario will it not. But what I say this, and I keep bringing this up. Why I say this is whether the bumps diffused or it has to be contained and disposed, the bomb has to be taken care of. It has to be dealt with. So you have that option. Here's another option that I was told that I think is kind of interesting. Is And I don't think this works on like a deep, deep hurt level. I think it's like, like you know, they're just venting about the grocery store clerk kind of thing, you know, or, or somebody. Like it's some little, you know, passing, fleeting annoyance, if you will, nuisance. It's not really even what that person's done. It's more something in their own heart. But, 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 but they said, hey, look, you could take it and you could redirect the conversation. Did I tell you all, Bill, man, uh, he just, he, that guy, he does not know how to manage his finances. And you're going, okay, am I going to criticize Bill and his choices now? Oh, I, yeah, I know Bill. His son and my son, they're on the same baseball team. You know, the other day, the other day, uh, we were out at the ballpark, and now we've moved the conversation on. 
Those are your choices. Here's the thing. We don't know the right way. It requires wisdom. Here's the choices that are in front of us. Um, before we get on to some guidelines too, I want to say it takes practice. And we should hit the pressure release valve a little bit on ourselves. God didn't say, hey, I'm going to save you because you're perfect and you get it right. God said, I'm going to send you Jesus and I'm going to send you my Holy Spirit and I'm going to give you the church and I'm going to give you opportunity to grow and to mature because you are not there yet. Brother Bruno, you just had, you couldn't, you couldn't let uh, Dean have all the glory today, right? So it takes practice, like learning a phone. Now, I just want to say that the pressure relief, God's, God's not expecting, like he, uh, he, he knows that you're human. And he's given you his spirit and he's giving you wisdom and he wants you to grow and mature in that. James, one of the best things that's kind of interesting about James's book is at the very beginning of the book, he says, he says, count it, count it joy whenever you fall into various trials and temptations. He says, because these have a way of growing you. And so then the Bible says, hey, I expect you. What God says is I'm giving you the tools for you to grow and mature. You're not going to be perfect at it all the time. Like if you look back and you go like, oh man, I, I got sucked into talking garbage about somebody. Guess what? You probably haven't been very intentional about not doing that. And even if you go out this week and you go like, I'm really not going to do this. And you're going to, and somebody's going to come and send a, 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 an explosive device. Guess what? My friend Roland had to be trained with what to do with that bomb. It didn't just come naturally to him. And you and I, it's going to take some practice for you and I to, A, either gain the courage and confidence that we need to speak up whenever we need to speak, or to not agree whenever we're being told, hey, right, right, right? No, it's not right. <laughs> you're just waiting for like the bomb to explode. Right? Like, I don't agree with you, you know? <sighs> To have the savvy to be able to redirect a conversation. That, that, that's just not a natural thing that happens. You have to, you have to be kind of thoughtful and intentional. Even to pick up whenever somebody is setting a bomb on the table. Because you know what, what? These people who make bombs, they're real sneaky and they're real sly. And yeah, sometimes people come in like the sitcom. Let me tell you about so-and-so. But a lot of times it's not. A lot of times y'all are having coffee, everything's going good, you know, and then they're like, oh yeah, and then they just drop these subtle hints, these breadcrumbs that you're going, okay, I'm going to pick up this one and eat it, and this one and eat it, and then like the next thing you know, you're in a full-fledged conversation, you're like, oh, we got here, and I didn't even see it happening. Now we're in full-on dishonoring, speaking evil of somebody mode. No, that, that bomb blew up and I did not see it. It was like an IED. So, I don't fully know how to ha handle all the situations. Did you know 
Submission requires truth speaking. And we know that's what truth speaking is. It's a wisdom. I'll come to the balance of the wisdom that we need is okay, who's speaking? What's my relationship with this person? I told y'all earlier, let's just go to the deepest relationships. Let's not do those surface ones. Let's think about those deepest ones. But, but, but what's our relationship? Well, do we share the same values? If I said, hey, I don't think it's right for you to talk bad about somebody, would they go, why? I think it's fine. Which probably nobody's going to do that, right? But, you know, we do excuse ourselves in certain situations. It's also like, who are they talking about? Is, it, is, this like a, is this a third party that you have, you know, are they coming and talking to you about their boss and they're just like venting about their boss and you're like, hey, I can hear you about your boss. I can let you kind of release that a little bit about your boss and then we can have a healthy conversation like Jesus, like, hey, they're talking and they're talking nonsense. I'm not going to address them right now. I'm not going to tell them to shut up and they need to get their acts right. But when we sit down at table, I'm going to go, hey, guys, what were you all talking about? That's not a good conversation to have. Or are they talking about somebody who you both know and are in relationship with? And now if they keep talking, guess what? Guess what? If you start talking, now you two are talking bad about somebody that you both love. And you're going to have to go to bed that night and you're going to have to go like, oh, what if they would have walked in on that conversation? Would they have been honored? Or would I be embarrassed and ashamed? That, that matters. It matters whether or not it is, it is somebody that y'all are both in relationship to or it's some disinterested third party, if you will. Um, the offense matters. If they're saying like, man, so-and-so frustrates me because every time that we want to get together, they're always busy. But then they always put it off on me like we haven't seen each other. And I'm tired of carrying that. Like they're putting the, the onus on me and I hate carrying that. It's a little bit different than... They're going around talking bad about me to other people. There's levels of, of hurt, of offense. And we have to be wise enough and we have to be astute enough and we have to grow in our ability to discern, okay, how, do, how does this, what, what's my role here? So like, who's talking? Who are they talking about? What are they talking about? These are some guidelines that I kind of thought like, hey, this is, if we could process a little bit through some of these things. 
it can lead us to, okay, what choice do I make now? The last thing I would say is this. We've already said it on the front end, but but is what are they wanting out of this? Are they really wanting just to talk bad about somebody? Probably not. What they're what are they wanting? They're wanting some affirmation, some validation. They're wanting to be seen and to be known. Here's what I think is beautiful about our faith. Is that God sees us and knows us as we are. Now, I don't put it on anybody else to be God, as it were, to somebody else. I always encourage people, hey, you, I would you need to talk to God about this very first. Process this with him. I believe we have every right and every freedom to do that. And sadly, we've taken prayer as this thing of an... an it's a, it's a transactional thing between us and God. Whenever prayer is not transactional at all, it's relational. And to, to me, prayer should be therapy. It shouldn't be the only therapy that people pursue, but it should be therapeutic. And we should see it that way. But, but I will say this. I will say this. Sometimes people do need to be seen and known by somebody who's carrying God's spirit. They don't need fuel to the fire. <coughs> they don't need you to, you know, to start working on your, your own little bomb too. Well, you're talking about so-and-so. Let me tell you about this thing that happened to me. Sometimes, though, it's like this. It's like what well, James tells us to confess our faults, our sins to one another. Scripture tells us that, like, hey, if we confess our sins to the Lord, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. I always think about these two things. Like, I have this assurance, this faith, this thing that I cannot see that God forgives me. And I just trust it. I trust that the Lord forgives me. And it's rooted in this, in this reality that Jesus, whenever he was hanging on the cross, he, he, he said, Father, forgive them. And if Jesus could forgive those people and he could pray for forgiveness for those people, then what that tells me is he can pray. He, he, that, that, that offer of forgiveness is for everybody. Even me, whenever I'm an idiot or I'm rebellious. But I also go this way. God gave us the church and he gave us each other. So that whenever I, you confess your sins to me, I might be able to mediate the assurance of God's forgiveness to you.
See, God didn't just make this flesh and blood world and go, hey, I want you to forget about the flesh and blood world. He's like, it all matters. The things that you can't see matter. The things that you can see matter. It all matters. And he gave us one another because sometimes we can go, hey, I know you want to be seen and known. And you go, I prayed about it. And I feel like, hey, God spoke to me in his spirit. But I also, I'm like seeking another person who goes, I know how you feel. I get it. Who can help you in a healthy way. Deal with those emotions and the right way forward with the offender. But again, that takes practice and growth and maturity. But if you and I can know what they want, What they think they want is to hurt this person the way that they hurt them. But what Jesus has told us is, hey, an eye for an eye is not only not right. That's not the way to life and health. The way to life and health is through forgiveness and mercy. And so what they think they want is to hurt this person the way that this person hurt them. But what we know that they need is to be walked with, to come to a place to where they are denying what their flesh and blood heart says, and they are listening to what the Spirit says. So we need to know who's speaking, who they're speaking about, what subject it is, but what they really want. The final thing that I would say is this. We need to have some patience with one another. talked about this Wednesday night uh, we're going through Proverbs but the bomb's going to blow up you might not be able to defuse the whole thing you might just have to contain the damage um When you speak up and somebody gets offended with you, be patient with them. If the wise choice for you is I'm going to have to listen and let them speak, be patient and let them speak. If you listen and then the Lord says, now I want you to speak and direct them back to truth 
to forgiveness. And you speak those words. Don't expect an immediate right response. Be patient with your brothers and your sisters. Be patient. James says early on, let's be slow to speak, slow to anger, and quick to listen. And I think if we're good listeners, that requires some patience. So my brothers and my sisters, WWRD, what would Roland do? And a bomb's placed in front of him. He'd have to assess it. Can it be diffused? Or does it need to be detonated in a contained way? When we have a bomb, gossip, slander, critical judgment set in front of us, you and I, must take great care with this highly volatile device. My hope and my prayers is that I've given you some wisdom from our Lord about these things. And my hope and my prayers that you and I can apply it to our lives so that we can become these awesome, awesome, highly skilled, highly trained, ammunition, technical officers. With that I say, amen. Would you join me in a word of prayer? I'm going to pray. Our praise team is going to come. They'll begin to play and they'll sing and uh, and you can spend some time praying. Maybe you are convicted. Maybe you're going, Ugh, I'm the one who sets the bomb on the table all the time. Maybe you are the one who goes, oh, I, I, I fall to the trap every single time. Like I, The bomb gets placed on the table and I have no way out. Maybe it's something else. Maybe the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit is amazing, wise, powerful. Maybe it's something completely different. But what I want us to do is, whatever God's speaking to you about, I want you to spend some time talking to God, and then you can join in the song whenever you are ready. Lord, I come to you right now, and I ask that you would be with us. As we strive to speak evil, to not speak evil, one of another. I pray that you would be with us, that we could uh, not only receive wisdom, but that we would be committed and intentional to, uh, to growing growing in our ability and our skill to be able to uh, handle these explosive devices. God, I pray and I, um, yeah, I just come to you. I, I know that this is a practical matter, but your son dying on the cross was a practical matter and a spiritual matter all in one. 
And the practical matter is that we can be people who look like your son Jesus, who would not, who would not disesteem anybody else for his own sake, but would lay down his life for the sake of others. And so, Lord, I pray and I ask that you would give us uh, the grace we need, the power we need, the strength we need, the skill we need, so that we can um, we can work to not speak evil one of another. I pray whatever my brothers and sisters bring up before you, you would hear their prayers, prayers of forgiveness, seeking forgiveness and repentance, Lord. Lord, prayers seeking strength and wisdom. Lord, prayers uh, just uh, of, of gratitude and praise. We lift them up to you. I pray all these things in Christ's mighty, resurrected name. Amen.